like Hogwarts. Like food just appears. It's that's like right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's oh K&W. God. It's like Hogwarts. It's the it Hogwarts of Hogwarts from now on. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. How are We're you? We're back. We're back for more. Yeah. And thank you listeners for joining us for more. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. This is our third episode. Yes, of it anywhere. It feels really good to say that. Anywhere but here. Sorry I interrupted you. I no, always it's okay. do that. I'm a I I interrupt people all the time do and you? then I hate it when people interrupt. <laughs> and I'm like, "Why do you do that?" <laughs> I think of myself and I'm like, "Oh my god, I do this all the time." Thanks for doing this with me still. Yeah, likewise. It's been a, a, good a fun time. journey. And we actually have addition today. Yeah. So you Brett, won't hear from him, but yeah, Brett has joined our team. Hi, Brett. And is running the board He's waving. and <laughs> helping us with organization. I always actually, things. yeah, I always want to, like, I've been wanting to do that when, you know, in podcasts when people say, oh, our sound person's like waving, he's laughing. And then right. I'm like, I picture Lisa, I'm like, oh, there's more people there. <laughs> <laughs> Brett is silently judging us from the other side of the yes. room. Excellent. Um, so yeah, let's talk about our guest today. Very yeah. excited. And again, a little nervous. Yeah. This is somebody that uh, I get starstruck by. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to me that I have the opportunity via the podcast to connect with people that I look to in the community and artists and leaders and movers and shakers and disruptors mm-hmm. and, and various things. It's so cool to, to have them allow us to borrow some of their time. So yeah. our guest today is Quilla. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. This is nice. I'm like already about to cry. Me too. I got a little choked <laughs> like, up on oh that. I got a little choked up on that. But <laughs> that was be- that was beautiful, Tom. That yeah, encapsulates. It really. All of it's it. a big reason that we wanted to do this. I think right. was to connect with people in a really pointed, focused way. So, yeah. Quilla um, did our theme music. So you actually just listened oh gosh, to yes. one of her pieces. Yay. We're so lucky. Is, Thank you so much. Oh, it's been fun. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, yeah. It really encapsulated exactly what we were what we were trying to do here. So mm-hmm. I um, have done a little bit of research about Quilla and have met you twice in passing. One was in an event, which I'll share, and then I'll stop talking so that you can, because you're the guest. <laughs> but um, we had we we I was in charge of a virtual room during uh, quarantine for a celebration and I was in charge of one of the rooms and letting people into the room and kind of facilitating that and Quilla was the musician in the room so we were together on Zoom and there was a problem on the front end where nobody was able to get into the room. Oh yeah! So we got to share a lot of time together. She played music for me. And it was lovely. And then we, we also talked a little bit about at an event outside of Elsewhere here recently. But oh, anyway. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's so. lovely. Oh, um, thanks, guys. It's really nice to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So I thought I would start because I know what I've run into on your bio, which is honestly overwhelming. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Your, your work and your in every different direction. And then we've had a couple conversations, but I just wanted to kind of provide space for you to introduce yourself, tell us kind of who you are and, um, and see where that takes us. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for the generous introduction. Um, I'm, I'm Quilla. I'm based here in Greensboro. I'm an electronic music producer and, um, I've been here for about 10 years in Greensboro. Um, it's a place that really has allowed my 
creativity to flourish because I feel like I have time to focus here. And I've met so many amazing, talented artists in the community here, like mm -hmm. choreographers, dancers, other producers, and folk artists from many different types of music. So those are some of the things that keep me here. I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Mm -hmm. I lived there until I was 27. I never thought I would move away, actually. I never thought I would move to the States. Okay. Is um, your whole family? My whole family is okay. still there. Um, on my dad's side, we're French-Canadian, and so most of my family is is uh, is in Quebec, the French part of Canada. And then my mom's side, all our immediate family is also immigrated to Canada from Peru, but we also have a lot of extended family in Peru. Okay. Um, and so... Uh, uh, gr growing up, uh, my household felt very kind of a hybrid household, Peruvian and French-Canadian and also Anglophone Montreal, mm -hmm. since Montreal is also a very diverse place with lots of mm -hmm. languages and you have a lot of English and a lot of French and, you know, huge Latinx community and okay. immigrants from all over the world. Yeah. Um, and so then I moved, I would go to Burning Man every year in the summertime, and that's where I met my husband, Marty, mm -hmm. who is originally from Montreal. Uh, he's originally from Greensboro. Okay. <laughs> and um, so, but at the time, he was living in San Francisco. So I uh, eventually moved out there, and we lived there for a while in the Bay Area. I also spent time living in Peru, because when I was uh, straight out of school, I got a job working in Peru as a, as a at a research nonprofit. Um and so I, I did. I spent a lot of time living in different places, and mm -hmm. I left. I led a kind of a hectic, chaotic lifestyle okay. for a while. <laughs> and then when when it came time to look to where we wanted to settle, I, um, Marty and I had this conversation. I was like, you know, because we visited Greensboro once or twice a year, mm -hmm. and um, I said, well, why don't we just move there for a few years and just like relax? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What year was that? Twenty twelve. Yeah. Okay. Twenty twelve. Okay. So, um, and then, uh, we, we drove across the country from California yeah. with our little battered car and <laughs> little battered U-Haul and, and, um, we stayed with his family here for a little while and then we eventually got our own place here in downtown Greensboro and on Arlington street. We lived there for a couple of years and then, okay. and then now, um, we live in a more a neighborhood a little further out from downtown, but, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been really great. Um, before COVID, I would go back to Montreal two, three times a year. So mm -hmm. I felt like kind of a mm -hmm. East Coast travel vibe a yeah. lot. And then the last few years have been harder because I haven't been able to get back yeah. to Canada very much. So I always felt like I had two, two or three homes for sure. Like I feel like my first home is Montreal. My second home is Greensboro. And my third home is in Lima since I used mm -hmm. to go back to Lima and Peru and a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, how do you, because I know a lot of your work is sort of around connecting with your roots and your ancestry. How do you, you know, as an immigrant, like that can be, actually just recently thought about this a lot because I watched Turning Red, that movie, mm -hmm. that Disney movie, which I, made me cry a lot. Um, but thinking about the connection with my grandmother mm -hmm. and how it's so hard sometimes just because, you know, especially with COVID, I haven't seen her mm -hmm. in over two years that I feel so disconnected sometimes, but also like she visits me in my dreams and stuff. And like, I, mm -hmm. I'm curious about how you, you've got such a multicultural background and your home is in different places. How do you stay connected? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think when everyone was doing so many things online um, at the beginning of COVID, 
actually found a really great uh, Quechua study group, which was really great, mm. organized by one of my friends in Peru, um, Cheska. And so that was that was neat for a certain amount of time. There's a lot of people like me who were searching for connections with their ancestry, mm-hmm. in particular the indigenous languages that our grandparents used to speak, mm-hmm. since those are, those are being lost in our families. So we had this Quechua study group going on at one point wow. during the pandemic, and it was really beneficial for all of us because yeah. you know we'd be half talking about language and talking about our own experiences as immigrants yeah. uh, or children of immigrants mm-hmm. you know so I try to connect to my ancestry by listening to a lot of music watching a lot of cultural films and just trying to stay in touch with my relatives yeah when you, awesome. when you initially came in, in 2012 you said you kind of visited a little bit before that do you do you recall your first impressions of Greensboro my first impressions were um, struck by, I was struck by the amount of trees that there are here. Mm. Yeah. I was struck by the heat in the summertime. And um, I was struck that it's a perfect city for bike riding, but no one rides their bike because right. <laughs> it's Absolutely. too dangerous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this would be the most amazing bike city, you know? Um, and I was also struck by the people, too. Everyone was so nice. And yeah. Nice and chill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I liked all those things. Yeah. 2012 must have been around the time that I met you mm-hmm. through when I was working at the Carolinian at UNCG. I was covering with my brother your show as Banana Lazuli. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think about that and it was at the Blind Tiger and it was the first time that I'd seen someone who looked like me on a stage in Greensboro. Mm. And that was just really impactful. And I remember writing about it and like realizing I've never actually thought about the impact of not having that, um, mm. that was so early on. I mean, I, I was like probably like a freshman or sophomore in college. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in that. And your music journey in Greensboro started off as Banana Lazuli. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you talk about that sort of that project and how it's kind of evolved a little over the years? Sure. Um, yeah, so I came. I was. I got here right at the beginning of 2012, like right at Christmas break, like January. Mm-hmm. So I had. There was a few months there where I really didn't know anyone except for Marty's immediate family members and relatives. Mm-hmm. And then I actually met. Actually, the first person, one of the first people I met here was Lorca. I don't know if you know Lorca. She moved away, but I met oh, her yeah. through Casa Azul. Mm-hmm. Actually. I think I think she was working there at the time, uh, and I had I made a few like random connections in the community, and someone said, "Oh, you're Latina. You should go talk to the people at Casa Azul." And mm-hmm. so I did, and um, and through Lorca I met Sejal Nasrallah, who now lives okay. in Durham, and he's a Palestinian American musician and multimedia um, creator. And so we, we kind of hit it off because he had just arrived in Greensboro around the mm-hmm. same time and he didn't have a lot of artist friends. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we started jamming together, which was nice. And I, I was still um, playing as uh, Banana Lazuli. That was mm-hmm. my music moniker at the time. And then uh, not long after that, probably within a couple months, we met Stefan Demusio, who's still one of my closest friends here, who's um, a Japanese-American uh, musician and also a multimedia guy. And um, so with the three of us became a band and we really had like, we kind of hit the ground running, you know, we just had our own yeah. <laughs> like off the wall kind of like wacky style Yeah, that there was, there wasn't too many other bands around at the time who had this kind of like multicultural hybrid, like 
right? circus, mm-hmm. jazz, indie pop yes. <laughs> style. So we had our own little niche. And we, we started playing a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we, we were very lucky because the community was so welcoming here. That's what uh, the difference that I've noticed compared to when I lived in San Francisco and mm-hmm. I lived a bit in Berkeley and Oakland and stuff, too, in the Bay Area. It was really kind of hard to get into the music scene there because okay. it just felt a lot, a lot bigger and a lot more um, entrenched, you know, mm-hmm. whereas here um, the music scene doesn't feel egotistical or pretentious it feels welcoming and interesting so we just had a fun time doing a whole bunch of shows and we would try to bring in I mean we were all into you know indie pop and a bit of electronic music and a lot of influences but we tried to bring our own cultural heritage into what we were doing yeah 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 Yeah. so Sejal's style on drums was very much influenced by like um, noise and experimental, but also bringing in his own heritage as like a Palestinian person. And then mm-hmm. in some of our songs too, we would have some Japanese lyrics by Stefan. And then okay. I would, try, I mostly sang in English, but I would have some Spanish in there too. Yeah. 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 I remember that and being like, oh my gosh, is everyone else hearing this? Like, <laughs> guys, this is like groundbreaking for me. Um, it was a really special uh, evening. I remember that very much. And I still have, I don't know if I, I think I might've shared it with you. I have like the write up, like the article that I wrote. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Yeah. I remember reading it. Like, yeah. Wow. I can't believe it's like little Maria writing about this amazing artist up there. So thank you. So it really, um, it really means a lot to me also to hear that you saw for the first time a Latina woman on stage like that to me is just like, Oh cool. Like you have no idea. Sometimes I was telling that to our our mutual friend Erica last night. Like when you're a musician, you sometimes feel disconnected Mm -hmm. from the people who are in the room or people who might be following your music and you just just have no idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) like how they're reacting. Yeah. Right. It was nice to hear feedback. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was definitely a moment that I recall being like, I need to think about this more. in the music industry and you're you're a producer too and you know those are very male dominated fields um what is that like <laughs> i think it's something that uh evolves for me um as i go on and enter different phases in life so for me representation is very important so i feel like it's important for for young women to see other women of color on stage Luckily now we live in a time where diversity is much more valued and respected than even 10 years ago. So um, I definitely feel very uh, welcomed <laughs> and, and sometimes sought after. If, if I'm in a, a phase of doing a lot of shows, I feel like there's a demand and appreciation for it, mm-hmm. for having Latinx artists on stage. I think more needs to be done in Greensboro to like elevate uh, Latinx arts, like especially mm-hmm. in music, because... Um, there's just room for growth for sure. Yeah, I was um, going to ask that. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I organized a few years ago, when we there was the crisis at the border, I organized the Lights for Liberty vigil mm-hmm. downtown. And I met a lot of great Latinx musicians through producing that event. And um, I was like, wow, we need more <laughs> venues for the yeah. Latinx artists for sure. So yeah, representation is really important. And um, even if I feel shy sometimes or feel, you know, disconnected in some ways. I feel like it's important to just always put your 
best foot forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I worked a lot um, after I had that band, Banana Lazuli, and then after I shifted to doing the, the project that I have now, Aquila, I worked a lot in the dance music industry, um, which at the time, you know, between roughly 2012 to like 2016, it was very much focused around like white male DJs mm-hmm. who used a lot of samples of women's voices, you know, particularly women of color from all over the world. Mm-hmm. But the, the emphasis was really on those like dudes. <laughs> like, right. And, and dudes. Uh, dudes. <laughs> and, and luckily I had good experience working with all those dudes. <laughs> and, you know, I never had any um, disasters that, it, that occurred. But I did right. see that. I did see that. I felt like the voices of women of color were used as samples and used as instruments and used mm. as like these emotional catalysts that are bringing um prestige to these white male DJs yeah. without really valuing the women vocalists right and I noticed that they can harness that power through knowing technology and through mm-hmm. knowing music production they're able to articulate and put out their big ideas mm-hmm. by being masters of the software and the music right. and creating these amazing immersive beat driven experiences for the crowds you know mm-hmm. and that that's you know that's amazing you know I'm not um that that right that experience is is what it is because of all the the love for dance music and the love for big beats and like um club music and mm-hmm. the appreciation for it because it's amazing and so I realized, okay, I really need to like buckle down and <laughs> learn all this software for myself, <laughs> yeah, so that I can create my own right. my own vibe, yeah, yeah. And you, when I've when I've had the fortune to see you perform, you own your space mm-hmm. in that way. What I see is you, the the, and that's how that was my first impression. The level of independence. It's like let's go, let's do this. Oh yeah. Um, and so I could definitely that makes sense now why I why I saw that coming out, that ownership and that independence and, and making it happen. Um, and you were talking a little bit about the the kind of the one-way direction of your creativity. So you're putting, especially now with social media and things like that, you're putting it out there, people are absorbing it, but you don't have that interaction. Do you yeah. get the opportunity to get feedback or observe for yourself the impact that your creativity is having on Greensboro? Like how are mm-hmm. you... Um, because your your music strikes me as very eclectic, and I can definitely pick up on many different um, influences. Have you had the opportunity to, in any way, sense or measure how you're impacting that that change in the community? I think I had a better handle on it before COVID, when I was performing more, and I felt like having in person experiences was part of the part of the work as an artist and I feel like I lost that when everything went online Mm -hmm. so I do feel a little disconnected sometimes but now being able to meet people again and be in person I do feel like I'm getting a little more feedback I also am trying to steer myself to doing more productions that are uh really immersive and um with 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 teams of people so right now I'm, I'm writing a musical and I've got more people on the recordings um, I'm going to have in the final show, you know, dancers and actors. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a whole new phase of, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. of creativity right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you, Tom, you were telling me that like the past couple of days you've been watching Quilla videos. Oh, um, yes. And you were mentioning right before we started recording about the specific one and 
kind of in line with your impact in the community and um, in line with our conversation about representation and that one really kind of struck you. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Rebel Queen video mm-hmm. yeah. really <laughs> impacted me and I had not admittedly seen it before I started kind of researching for today, but um, the way that it struck me was almost exactly what you were describing. So spaces and, and objects that I would, in my perception, are kind of, nice space i mean they're greensboro they're nice but they're kind of static mm-hmm. you know this is a bench this is the art center this mm. is labauer park this is an alley behind art mongers <laughs> which i recognize um, right you know yeah. those kinds of things and they're just spaces and when i if i had to really look at them i would define a lot of them as white spaces white static mm. kind mm-hmm. of spaces uh, i don't know why but that's my perception of, of those spaces right. and in this video you have reframe this you have put queer imagery and people of color and a variety of body size all this representation there that Mm -hmm. in my I could feel a shift in my mind where I was seeing these areas and these objects and things through a different lens and to me that's very Mm -hmm. impactful um and I just wanted to, you know, ask you about specifically about that video, your intentions for that video, and kind of how it was to explore Greensboro and producing that effect. Yeah. Oh gosh, thanks for bringing up that video. That was just like a pure joy. Um, so it was all filmed in spaces in mostly downtown Greensboro. Um, it was directed by my friend Alexi, Alexi Majuyev, um, who's done a lot of cool videos uh, around town lately. Um, and we filmed some stuff at Elsewhere, um, mm-hmm. right outside of Elsewhere. Uh, I used to work there years ago, and so I have a good ongoing relationship with Elsewhere Museum, and they're they're super eclectic and really oh, welcoming yeah. so of fun. like mm-hmm. any type of right. <laughs> contemporary art. So, <laughs> um, so that was a place that I always wanted to to film in the the back garden there in the alleyways, and then I also felt like. I, I felt so much energy simmering up from the people I had just started working with, like choreographer Ladarius Parker, who was really, really super amazing local choreographer. Um, so I'd worked with him a few times and other dancers that he's connected to in the underground dance scene here. And so I was like, wow, we really just need to harness that. <laughs> like all the diversity, all the body types, and mm-hmm. just get everyone into a video. And so I was able to do that with choreography by Ladarius and him in uh, introducing me to the different dancers who are in the video. So we have um, um, Sarah Muna, who's from Winston-Salem. I, I believe she uh, has roots in Eastern Europe and the Middle East. And then we have Luna, who's who's based in, in Durham, but um, Mexican-American, then my, myself, and then uh, Gigi also, who's here based in Greensboro, who I believe is Puerto Rican okay. in the video. Um, and of course, Ladarius, who's a force of nature. <laughs> um, so we have representation from many different communities. And um, yeah, I mean, speaking of these static spaces, like I end up spending a lot of time in the cultural arts building, which I can see right through the window from where we are recording right now. And I always felt like we need to activate that space more, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it's a great building and there's so much art that's happening in all the little rooms, you know? Mm -hmm. So we did, we we got permission to film on, you know, some of the main hallways and yeah. And um, it came together really synergistically and we just wanted to use the beauty of Greensboro in a, in a music video. 
yeah. you know, in a, in a different way that I don't think I've seen any other music videos. Right. Like that. Yeah. It, to me, it was, it was the power, <laughs> the impact of the imagery combined with the celebratory nature of it all. So it was, mm, you know, yeah. very, very, very focused and celebrating all those spaces in the library. I think one, one of you yeah, were, we're dancing in the, in the library, aisles of the yeah, library the and things library. like that. I love yeah. that part. We'll, we'll put Absolutely. it in the show notes for people to yeah, for reference sure. if they yeah. haven't seen it. But I, and I think that you just, you know, thinking about diversity in Greensboro, I think that's one of the reasons why people stay here. Um, like just being in a multicultural space um, that celebrates that. Because I think, you know, even when my parents were had decided that we would move here, that was one of the things that also people would say, like, there's a lot of immigrants, mm -hmm. you'll feel welcomed, like, people are from all over the world. Um, and that was one of the reasons why it felt safer mm -hmm. uh, to, to make that move. So, um, and I think what we, you know, we try to ask this too to our guests, you know, our, the premise of the podcast is, of course, to explore why people, you could be anywhere. You have, <laughs> you, you yourself have homes mm -hmm every like in two different continents <laughs> um, um why you know why is this a place where you want to stay and raise your family here well i felt a lot of a lot of support as i've mentioned a lot of good connections with mm -hmm. people but also space um for inspiration and space for creativity here um so one of the most inspiring things is is just being able to get into nature mm -hmm. easily. I find with all the the parks and trails and everything, I've developed more of an appreciation for for nature living here. Okay. Because I grew up in Montreal in a very like uh, urban neighborhood where we had you know trees and plants and stuff, but it didn't it didn't feel like it felt it felt, felt kind of gritty. It didn't feel like I had a strong connection yeah. to nature growing up. I felt that the nature aspect is one of the things that helped calm my mind and calm my soul from like <laughs> many hectic years of, of traveling. Yeah. Um, and I had also, you know, lots of big projects and big ideas before I moved to Greensboro, but I felt like I wasn't really able to effectively um, see them through because mm -hmm. I would be distracted by parties. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Parties and raves. And that's, right. um, Burning Man. Yeah, Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> lots of raves, <laughs> lots of parties. And so, and that, that's fine. It's all well and good. So all of those okay. influences are, are in the music. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, I felt when I, when I moved here, I finally took the time to, you know, build my own music studio, do all the things yeah, that I yeah. wanted. And I didn't feel like I was constrained by time and space as much as like in the Bay area or in Montreal. Yeah. I like that. Like, you know, I think that's true for a lot of people who are like here and then something like they start all these projects because there's there's the spaces to do it. Well, I and I actually do have another question about burning. <laughs> I am intrigued. Um, did you play there? Mm hmm. OK. Yep. Mm -hmm. Once or multiple times? Multiple times. Okay. I played, the first time I went, I um, played on a pirate ship with my friend Sam. We had a, a duo <laughs> called Pomplamoose Explosion. Yes. <laughs> and so we, yeah, that was, it was part of our tour at the time. We were doing a, a little tour in Canada where we um, 
we were logically opening for this this indie pop band, so we had this kind of logical tour for this setup. pirate. <laughs> yeah, and then we there was like this total other gig that made no sense. We're like, and now we go to Burning Man. We're like, it's part of the same tour. Uh, okay. But it was just like you know we we had done these back to back dates with yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was Grand Theft Bus, and and then um, we did a couple shows on the West Coast, and then we're like, and now we're going to Burning Man, and we had set up, we had um, organized with the this the curator of this big, huge pirate ship on wheels, they were look, they had put out a call for bands. And so okay. we had managed to get booked months earlier. Wow. And, and so that was our, that was our thing. And it was very dusty and it was very fun. Yeah. And yeah. I think we played on a couple smaller stages too. And then, um, but mostly we were there for the festival. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and then a couple years later, I played again at center camp stage, which is a very nice big stage in the middle of, all the action mm-hmm. and that was a that was a fortuitous event too because when I played at that um center camp stage I did a whole looping performance that uh-huh. was improvised <laughs> wow but it just kind of worked in the yeah. moment and so through that I met um a music producer who tried to recruit me to his label okay which was fun but actually that deal ended up going south unfortunately okay. so the deal didn't work out but I ended up um, leaving that label and then starting my own label. Oh, okay. So through that, some good stuff came out. Yeah, in the end, it was positive. At the end of the road, I'm sure it was a long and complex thing. As many, if there's other artists listening to this right now, you might know that um, when you enter the music publishing world, you have to really inform yourself of your rights. Yeah, and. Oh, you know, what are your publishing rights and your copyright right. and your master recording rights? All this stuff is like super important to learn. And so in that experience, I learned a lot, ultimately positive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, I got commissioned by the label. They funded the creation of my first album and then they sat on it for three years. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Because it was so, like you say, eclectic, kind of weird off the beaten path and it didn't correspond to the rest of their catalog. Yeah. And I understand that now. Running running my own label, I'm like, okay, I want there to be some right. cohesion in this right. catalog. Unity. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So but it, in the end it was fine. You know, I ended up going off on my own path. Okay. So it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we have, so the Greensboro music scene is like known, mm-hmm. like and people often talk about it and it's something that I like about the city that I, I mm-hmm. think one of the things that keeps me here is that community. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of young aspiring artists here doing amazing things. And, um, you know, from friends who are in that world, just like talking about the difficulties and how the community is so important because you need that knowledge behind you. And um, I'm curious what, any any advice that you can offer to our Greensboro local musicians who are <laughs> yeah. out there doing the thing and and really hoping for the best and sometimes just being prepared for those disappointments and then like come how do you come back into it and and yeah yeah and continue to love it yeah I, I still offer one-on-one mentoring for okay other especially women artists or mm-hmm. um non-binary artists artists um so I do I used to hold bigger workshops with maybe, you know, anywhere between like three and 10 people where I would talk about publishing rights. Mm-hmm. I gave a few talks at conferences, um, but mostly one-on-one, I think mentoring works the best because everyone's at a different phase. Yeah. Um, so I try to offer, you know, as much support, usually for free for anyone who contacts me yeah. <laughs> about um, what they need to do right. <laughs> uh, in, in at whatever 
phase or challenge there. I'm just smiling at Brett because I know he's been in a touring band before and he's like, Brett's oh my God, it's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so many people have different um, needs, you know, like some people are just trying to harness their own sound or right. they're trying to figure out, do I want to be a touring artist or do I want to focus on being a teaching artist or mm-hmm. something like that? And for me, where my, I, I feel my strength is, is like teaching women to be their own producers or at least having a voice when they're doing their production sessions for their singles or their albums mm-hmm. to identify what it is that that's bothering them about the recording and making sure that they like the way mm-hmm. their voice and their instruments are sounding. Yeah. Um, and I've just, I've worked with many local women and from here and from other places too, who really struggle with that. And they're just mm-hmm. like, well, I don't understand why this song doesn't sound the way I want it to sound. And like, why do I sound bad? And this and that. So right. that I think that even if you don't, you know, go fully into the technology, it's, it's good to have, guidance for what you like or what you don't like out of a recording yeah Yeah. well speaking of your your projects and your work what upcoming projects do you have Mm -hmm. what should we keep an eye out for you mentioned the musical um tell us anything that's coming up that we can be looking for (laughs) okay well the the project that's coming up in a month is a baby that's coming out (laughs) of this building (laughs) eight months pregnant right now and um that's that's a a life change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be um, working on this baby, <laughs> and um, the next thing after that, the next big thing I've been working on all throughout this year and throughout next year will be the musical that I'm releasing. So it's mm-hmm. coming out in May 2023. Okay. So it'll be happening here at the Van Dyke Performance Center in the Cultural Arts oh, Building. Awesome. Yeah. So it's a, it's a. A year away, but it's in the works. Yeah. And is yeah. that Ancestors? Is that correct? Yeah, that's the temporary title. Oh, okay. I might change the title, but for right now, it's uh, Ancestors. And okay. it's all about who these three different characters who are based in Greensboro, mm-hmm. who meet their own ancestors during their dreams. And they have all these like dance sequences mm. and songs. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Interacting with their ancestors. I can't wait yeah. for that. I cannot I, wait for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> really, amazing. I think that there's been times where I feel really... Um, far away not just physically but emotionally spiritually from my ancestors and then they come back in dreams and they remind me that they're there they're there yeah I think that's really beautiful and like it'll be a simple like grandma just comes and eats breakfast (laughs) yeah (laughs) just sits down and tells me about how I could have made my eggs a little better but (laughs) just having a visit (laughs) yeah um so I I cannot wait for that Um, we're all looking out for that I think that we want to go together? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I remember when I read the announcement that you had gotten oh, a yeah. grant for that. Ah. We're working on this. Oh, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Arts Greensboro for supporting the initiative. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a wonderful opportunity. I know a few friends got some, some great mm-hmm. opportunities with them. So That's wonderful. So I have just a, a general kind of ethereal question for you. Uh, what is your dream for Greensboro? So you've been here for for a while. Mm. Um, what does that look like in a creative sense or even something broader? Um, the ideal Greensboro would have more venues for musicians. Venues that are accessible, but also um, having good sound systems and also welcoming mm. of many different types of music, mm-hmm. many different genres. So we have some good venues here now, but it seems like there's a 
gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brett's nodding at me again. I'm yeah. on the right track. Brett's been nodding a lot. <laughs> there, it, to me, it seems like there's a gap between what we have currently and what we need to have mm-hmm. to really help emerging artists have the right venues to yeah. perform in and stuff. So I think, and people have been trying. This is, you know, I'm sure there might be people listening and being like, but we've tried and we've sure. started this initiative and we've, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things, cool things that are happening with the artist block, for mm-hmm. example. Um, the historic Magnolia House, they're creating a performance space in the back. Um, the NC Folk Festival. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff yeah. happening. So n- not trying to discount anything that's mm-hmm. happening for sure. But I think there there could be more, especially for me as an electronic artist, I've struggled with that finding venues that that really have good sound and good vibe for the audience and not just about um (laughs) not just feeling like you're the background music in a bar but also feeling like Mm -hmm. um there's a more there's a more connection there yeah so um so yeah I think that's what I what I hope for Greensboro but I I can see it happening I see so many cool people doing investing in cool projects here so excellent Yeah. <laughs> and I know they're closer to achieving that because your involvement, you know, oh, your absolutely. involvement, your vision is really um, helping drive in that direction, which is absolutely needed. Thank yeah, you. I was uh, before this, I was writing down adjectives to describe you just to get in the and one of the ones that I wrote was change maker. So mm, absolutely. Uh, we're definitely thankful to have having Quilla, Anna and Aquila. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. In our community. Um, absolutely. You mentioned the historic Magnolia House, and I know that right before we sat down, you uh, said that you had just eaten there. Um, yeah. And I haven't been, and I'm, I really we need to go. head out there. Yeah, we should. You want to yeah, go? Like, right now. It's so good. Can you, t- yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that space and then it's the really that you wonderful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the historic Magnolia House is really somewhere that everyone in Greensboro needs to check out. Um, They've they've renovated and launched this amazing hotel that was once a, a really important stop here on the East Coast mm-hmm. for uh, jazz musicians and other um, African-American artists and leaders who, who are traveling using the Green Book mm-hmm. stops. So this place was like, you know, one of the most important destinations in between, uh, I guess, Atlanta and maybe Richmond, something like that. Yeah. So... Um, it has so much history. It's a beautiful building. They've re- fully restored it. And they have like gourmet meals um, Thursday, Friday night, and then brunch on the weekends. They have live jazz sometimes. So mm-hmm. check out their website, Historic Magnolia House. They're starting a, a performance space in the back. The people who I met who are there, I've been there a couple of times now, and they you could tell they really care about how the space is and the food and yeah. like what energy they're bringing into it and like how they're going to curate all their events and stuff. It's really cool. If you had visitors coming in, your your family coming in, that kind of thing, what mm-hmm. would you make sure that you showed them? Where would you spend your time with them? Well, that's a great question. My, my parents were just visiting for the last 10 days, mm-hmm. so I tried to bring them to a lot of places. Oh, nice. That One of them was... I brought my dad to the historic Magnolia house and he was like, I love the vibe. We were just like geeking out. It was going great. Um, And then we also did like other kind of fancy restaurants like, um, you know, Green Valley Grill and Works and stuff like that. We also, I'm a fan of the K&W Cafeteria, <laughs> <It's> classic, <laughs> which Absolutely. is like a classic yep. place. 
And like my husband Marty's a little taken aback. Every time I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cafeteria is like place to be. Like I don't know. It just in Canada we don't have that kind of cafeteria with like all that mm-hmm. <laughs> type of food. So okay, occasionally <laughs> we go limited. there. Yeah, yeah. It's like Hogwarts. Like food just appears. <laughs> it's That's like right. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. That's oh KNW. God. It's like Hogwarts. It's the it Hogwarts of Greensboro. From now on. <laughs> yes. It is very American in that way for me too. Like yeah. thinking about. So American. <laughs> yeah. Quantity. It is yeah. like an American staple. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and we yeah we went to a lot of you know other Thai Square is really good Thai food, mm-hmm. other places too. Um, I mean, there's always Burger Spot. I don't know if y'all know oh, Burger Spot. Big Burger Spot is the best. Big Burger Spot. Oh yeah. my gosh, got to go to Big Burger Absolutely. Spot. Absolutely. <laughs> Where's that one at? There's two of them. One's on North Battleground, and one is off of Hornaday. Um, I don't think I've been there. Over off of Wendover. Okay. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very amazing. <laughs> yes. Say so, well, it's date night. You got a sitter. You can do anything for four hours. Where do you go? Four hours, that's a great sitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. right. I don't have kids, so I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, the typical I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would do uh, Crafted, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we like Crafted. Crafted's good. Oh, oh the Sage amazing. Mule is great if it's a morning date. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sage Mule, I just went there for the first time. Mm-hmm. That one's so great. Yeah, yeah, I like getting drinks there and just sitting forever. Clever the, food, the great outside. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, four hours is the reach. That would be great, but yeah, it's <laughs> two hours probably. <laughs> Thank you so much for Truly. being here with us. It's yeah. always a joy to talk to you, and I'm glad that... Um, I know baby's coming, so it's going to be a busy, busy few months. Again, time frame, I'm not sure <laughs> on the how parenting goes, but I'm sure it's going to be a, a lot. And so thank years. you so much for making time for us um, and sharing parts about yourself and sharing your love for this city. And we're so glad you're in it because um, you really are. You are kind of a Greensboro staple to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that, likewise. You know, I think that that's, you're just such a big part of this community and not just the music side of it. Like you're just a, yeah, we love you. So thank thanks. you yes. so yeah. much. I'm going to cry again. Uh, it's like the hormones. <laughs> Eight months pregnant. I'm just like, I'm just crying every day. Basically <laughs> just, just let the, let the emotions come through. That's what I tell people. Yeah. <laughs> just let it, let it happen. Oh, <laughs> um, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's so much. It's great to get to know you better. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> Well, my name is Shanice. Um, I'm a senior at A&T State University. Great to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. My name is Tayshawn. I am a sophomore um, by credits at North Carolina A&T State University. Well, so are you two native to Greensboro? Or have you been here for a while, or are you just purely here for school? I, I was purely here for school, but I do live here as well. Okay. Um, and I plan to stay. It's a really nice city. It's a lot to do that I haven't explored yet. Um, I was raised in Alabama. Okay. And I, I came up here for school. As far as what we do, we, we go to the same ministry, actually. I encountered this ministry on when it was on A&T's campus. I encountered the men specifically. The men have a um, men's meeting. If I want to go out, I don't exactly go to parks like this mm-hmm. unless it's like a planned thing I do. Okay. I mostly just play basketball. Okay. Like if I'm if I'm if you see me out, I'm I'm at a basketball park. Right. Playing Excellent. basketball mostly. Excellent. 
I, don't, I haven't seen a downtown park, but mostly the parks I go to are near Antietam. There's a park called Windsor. Yep. Windsor. Sure. Um, the Sportsplex. I've gone there. I've gone to Barber Park. So a lot of a lot of places near A and T mostly versus like yeah. downtown, which A and T is right up the street from downtown. But yeah, we're about I haven't really found a probably. basketball park out here. Right. But yeah, okay. if I if, that's how I'm active. Mostly. I do like to, when I get the chance, go out. Um, I like to go to restaurants, shop around, you know, do things like do things like this, hang out in the park, um, hang out with friends, get some sun. Yeah. Yeah. Get away from the books for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watch the kids go run around all day. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Have you checked out any of the food downtown or any other areas? We just came from the um, Bonchons. Other than that, we've had, what's that? It's an Italian pizza, pizza place that's near Jimmy John's. Oh, yeah. Across uh, the street from Jimmy John's. But one thing also, we wanted to go to Crafted one time before, but Crafted is closed on Mondays. Mm-hmm. So they was closed today. I was going to, I wanted some tacos. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we went to get some banchan, and it was pretty cool. And walking here from there, we passed by a few places. Um, a few, you know, they're like bars and grills. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't drink, but we don't drink, so... Mm-hmm. But I mean, go there. But bar food is a lot of times real good food, and it's real low key good right. food. So yep. it's like you know, might have to try those places out one time or a couple of times. Just get a version drink or just, something. Just to have a map uh, a map of downtown in yeah. my head. So last question, and I think you both mentioned that you're sticking around for a while. What, if that's the case, what keeps you here? Um, just like the friends that I made. Um, like like you said, we go to the same church, so mm-hmm. the church family, um, and also like just going around and exploring Greensboro is kind of like <laughs> it. It, it kind of reminds me of Charlotte a little bit because mm-hmm. you go down one street one way and it's like a totally different road, right? Then um, different environment in different parts of Greensboro. Yeah, like I said, I was original. I was raised in Alabama, but I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And what initially was keeping me here beyond school was just the um it felt like a mix of New Jersey you have all the stores and things near you to walk to and it's really not a joke that you can go to a corner store and find anything and right. everything you need up in Jersey so but then being raised in Alabama just the southern hospitality to people mm. um, stores aren't near you but it doesn't matter because everybody has their own garden and we're all growing oh, our wow. own food anyway yeah. and so if you need anything you can literally walk down the street to your neighbor's house and y'all can just trade oh yeah I'll give you a couple of eggs with some sugar like so I'm, you know, I miss the people and the connections like that and so when I came here it felt like a mix of both where you know, downtown would feel make would make me feel like New Jersey, except without the corner stores. Mm-hmm. And you know, everything's within walking distance, but also there are some pretty cool people to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know North Carolina's a mix of just some of everybody from some of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people call it Southern. I always take that with a grain of salt, just because I guess I'm biased. Being from Alabama, I'm like, I don't know what Southern <laughs> is. I <laughs> don't know what Southern Absolutely. is. Y'all got cities and stores here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's what initially kept me was was keeping me now is the church family we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to Citadel of Praise, um, pastored by Reverend Greg Drumright. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
saying that God has to do anything gimmicky to try to keep me here, but it's a lot of a lot. I mean, it's, it's nice. <laughs> a lot of yeah. it has helped. Right. So that's that's what's keeping me here. I don't see myself. I see. I can see myself staying here and just making it work. Excellent. Okay. That's it. All right, boss. Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to Anywhere But Here. You can find us on Instagram at Anywhere But Here GSO. And our email is anywhere but here GSO at gmail.com. So you can contact us on there. Please remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And special thanks to Quilla for our theme music. And to my brother, Camilo Perdomo, for our beautiful cover art. See, See you next time. time. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That is so weird. We did not plan that. <laughs> Thank you.